lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as is Aaron McIntyre and all of you at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. At Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can get freebies that you can sample and then share with others. Free clips of the program. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name, for those of you that are new, is D-E-A-C-E. We have a jam-packed Tuesday as we typically do around here for Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. We're going to look at uh, an attempt to radicalize college football players. That unwittingly, though, is making a few capitalistic arguments. Uh, We're going to get into that coming up a little bit later on. Also, fake news or not, we're going to devote the entire segment to one clip. And you're going to see that clip and watch it with us next hour. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to ask Matthew Peterson what the hell is going on around here. But I have to say something here from the outset. Gentlemen, my inbox, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's an outlier. But my inbox right now is, we ain't having it. That's, I mean, I, I, I'm just getting email after email after email today from people who are about fed up. It began when I logged on this morning. First three emails were people pissed off that they had gotten a fundraising letter from Trump's campaign telling them that uh, masking up was patriotic. And it has just taken off from there. I just read a note from a Jill who wants to know if Sean Hannity is aware of what the term self-awareness means, going out and hawking a book called Live Free or Die while parroting the Debbie Burks line that if we all wore masks for the next four to six weeks, we would kick the virus's ass, except there is no data, no science that supports this. In fact, as we pointed out yesterday, Hawaii has had a preemptive mask mandate since April the 20th. Hong Kong has had the most celebrated mask mandate in the civilized world. It's now on its third wave of lockdowns with an overrun hospital system. Now, you guys need to know, Hannity's shtick has always been, he's just shilling for whoever is GOP number one right now. That's what he does. If Trump came out today and said masks suck and are a talisman of the left, that would be Hannity's show tonight. I mean, it was just go go on YouTube and find out what he was saying about John McCain 2008, Mitt Romney 2012, and now. And those things just don't reconcile, except they have one thing in common. Whoever whoever sits at the head of Team GOP table, that's just whoever Hannity shills for. That's kind of his shtick. If you haven't figured that out by now, then doesn't he's not a nice guy i mean everybody i don't know him everybody that i know knows him says he's a great guy speaks well of him but you know his shtick on air is just team gop shill that's just his shtick but i'm getting all kinds of notes from people let me let me share this one from you uh this might be the dumbest thing i've heard from my company starting next monday 
And I asked why they said till Monday and why the wait for five months after the start of this. I got no answer. They are making us mask up for the start for our startup meeting. And when we go to the bathroom or break room, but when we are actually in our area working, we don't have to wear a mask. I asked, so what about the forklift drivers? They go all over the place. No, they don't have to wear them because they are always in their work area in the forklift that goes all over the place. I just shook my head and walked away. Maybe I'll walk in next week in a full hazmat suit. I got this note, though. This one takes the cake. Okay. Uh, this is from Elizabeth uh, Fonko. She says, this was my encounter with a park ranger at 7 a.m. at the Petoskey State Park last weekend. He asked me, ma'am, where's your mask? I said, me, I'm outdoors. I'm not required to wear one outdoors. He said, but you're heading into the shower. She said, yes, but it's a single room shower that opens to the outdoors. I'm going to shower and then walk back into the outdoors. Park ranger, you're required to wear a mask in the shower. Me, what? It's only me in there. Park ranger, yes, but you never know when you'll encounter another person in there. So it's really for your protection. Me, trust me, if I encounter another person in a single room locked shower stall, the mask on my face for my protection is the least of my concerns. Park ranger, ma'am, it's the law. Me, I'm sorry, but it's not. It's an executive order. The governor doesn't make laws. Park ranger, yes, she does. It says so on that paper. Me, shaking my head. Then I guess you can just call me a conscientious objector. I'm going to go ahead and shower by myself now, and nobody will know whether or not I'm wearing a mask because the operative words there are by myself. Michigan has lost its mind. And then she closes with this line. I have since seen two people walk out of their shower rooms with sopping wet masks. (laughs) We were made to be ruled. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a 1984 update courtesy of CNN's John Berman and Yale epidemiologist Harvey Risch. Risch, you may remember, is the same epidemiologist who wrote the recent Newsweek article on the benefits of hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19 disease. As of now, there are 12 studies that show that hydroxychloroquine plus zinc and other companion medications, when used early in high-risk outpatients, convey significant and substantial benefit in reducing the risk of hospitalization and mortality. None of those studies that you just cited are random placebo-controlled trials, what Dr. Anthony Fauci refers to as the gold standard. None of them have shown efficacy, correct? Uh, That's not actually correct. Well, look, okay, to that argument, again, your paper in Newsweek goes on to suggest the problem is they're not being tested, hydroxy's not being tested on outpatient people, not hospitalized people. So a little shift in your argument there from what you wrote in Newsweek already. The fact of the matter is... No, I'm sorry, I think that's a mistake. The fact of the matter is there are no random placebo-controlled trials that show a benefit, correct? No, you're, you're misstating what I said. Again, the question is, why haven't any random placebo-controlled trials showed benefit? And isn't that a problem for an epidemiologist? 
No. In fact, the FDA has a huge history of drugs going into widespread use in the medical community for decades that have not been established on the basis of randomized controlled trials. Half of the chemotherapy drugs used in cancer were, were used without randomized controlled trials. We have a whole vast medical literature that that was not the standard. So why is it suddenly the standard now when there's other reasons? I don't think it is suddenly the standard. That is the way the FDA operates. It's the way that Dr. Fauci operates. Speaking to a number of epidemiologists over the last few days who also are frankly shocked that you've moved the bar so much on random, these randomized placebo controlled trials. Relying on a so-called theoretical randomized controlled trial is a red herring because that is not the way the FDA works. It is not the way scientists work. It is not the way anybody works in real world. The benefit to these random placebo controlled trials, as you well know, is that there is a built-in bias or can be in any trial that's not random. Because why? Because the people administering the test know, they know what the person is getting, and they may treat that patient differently. And, the, and I know you know that, and that is also no, what the epidemiologists. That, no, well, that's what please the epidemiologists, in, including the ones I've spoken to, say is simply the standard. President Trump had a rough interview with Axios's Jonathan Swan. The United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, we're lower than the world. Lower than we're the lower world. Lower than what is that? Europe. In what? Look. In what? Take a look. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the U.S. is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't. You can't do that. You have Why to go. Can't I do that? You have to go by. You have to go by where, look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases, the cases. Why not as a proportion of population? When we have somebody, what it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has, it, where there's a case, oh, okay. the people that live sure. from oh. those cases. It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the U.S. has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus South Korea. No, you have Korea. to go by the cases. Well, look at South Korea, if, for example. 51 million population, 300 deaths. It's like, it's you, crazy you know that. I do. It's you on the, don't know it's, that. Don't, you think they're faking their statistics? Uh, New York Times headline, let's scrap the presidential debates. And now, mask holes gone wild. This happened at a local Walmart. Where are you you guys are! You think your freedom! Stop it! Whoa, whoa! Whoa, whoa okay. Okay. that's can't assault. That's assault. Stop it! That is assault. Are you going to tell us? We're going to, I'm going to take your picture and show to the cops. Go ahead, everybody! Hey, you think this is cute, huh? In Canada, this dude flipped out over another customer not wearing a mask at a pizza joint. Speaking of food and moving on into wokeness, KFC tried and failed to be woke. For those of you listening, what we see here is an ad Kentucky Fried Chicken put out with the words Happy Emancipation Day. It's a picture of a fried chicken wing casting a shadow that looks like a raised fist. Body cam footage of the arrest and moments leading up to George Floyd's death were leaked online yesterday. Hey, man. Another kind of guy. I'll roll the windows down hey, and put man. the lights in, all right? Don't Stop. Look at that. Look at that. Now you're listening. Look at it. Look at it. We can fix it, but no, why are you standing up? Hey, man. God, don't do me
Floyd repeats some version of those words while struggling with the officers for the next several minutes. And finally, this wins the internet today. Oh, my apologies. I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. And that's what happened while we were away. That video is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, I've, I've tweeted it out at Steve Day Show. You need to watch the whole thing in its entirety. It is absolute brilliance. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, our healthcare system, man. Maybe you think I should take a little bit more care of myself preventatively so I don't have to access it as often. That is one of the lessons I think that we learned this year um, the hard way. And that's where Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition comes in because one scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables that can not just boost energy, but also support a healthy immune system. Plus, we have known for decades, although we haven't politicized this yet, so maybe we will unknow it soon. But uh, before it was politicized, we understood that a diet dense, rich in fruits and vegetables reduces reduce the risks of a whole host of things like heart disease, hypertension, and other health issues as well. Field of Greens is also prebiotic and probiotic. That is important because the largest immune system in the body, right there in the gut. Just put one scoop in a glass of any water-based drink. Stir it up, mix it up, and you are done. And right now, you can save 15% off of your first order with the offer code Steve when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. That's the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com to save 15% off of your first order. And then if you decide to stick around, you can subscribe and get this delivered to your home monthly. They'll take 10% off every single month as well at BrickHouseSteve.com. Again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com. We are going to discuss whatever that was between Donald Trump and Jonathan Swan of Axios last night in the overtime today. I, I don't know what that was. I don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah, you do. It, it wasn't good. <laughs> I, I think that's true. We've got the category. We just need the uh, species and subspecies. Yeah, whatever else it was. But kind of felt like your quarterback throwing about five picks in a game. That's kind of what it felt like anyway. So we will discuss it in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to subscribe to Blaze TV so you don't miss that kvetching. And all the other uh, other. Uh, uplifting program not done by us <laughs> that will be done today at blaze tv blaze tv.com slash dace again that's blaze tv.com slash dace let's let's get to elsewhere in the montage that aaron presented and um i want to i want to uh, 
that CNN interviewer, I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? John Berman. John Berman. He is talking to one of the nation's leading epidemiologists like he's five. The amount of condescension there. Harvey Risch either is right or he should be fired from the Yale School of Public Health. Right? Now, I don't know which one it is. I'm not the expert here. But he's either on, on now multiple national forums promoting dangerous medical advice or he's right i don't i don't see an in between here it's one or the other and do you remember when the, the doctors out in in northern california spoke out i think they were in northern california weren't they guys that held that impromptu press conference and they, they actually owned several of the right, medical right. centers. I, it. I think it was Orange County. Was it Orange County? Yeah, so it was, it was SoCal. Southern, okay, yeah. it was SoCal. All right. Um, so we had the two SoCal doctors, and they own they like own a couple of the walk-in facilities in that area, right? Right. And and so they had been one of the uh, leading uh, testing mechanisms in that community. And one of the criticisms, I pointed this out at the time, one one of the criticisms that made no sense of what they were saying was these guys were making wide sweeping conclusions without a randomized scientific study, right? Do you guys remember this? I do. And, And I pointed out, you don't need a randomized scientific study when you have the actual patients you don't don't need that when you're the one doing the tests of the actual patients and you have the actual results you have the you're not you're not doing a study you're treating people and you have the you treated the patients you you can identify them you have the records so you don't really need a study you 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 did the thing you 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 did it i know you know what i mean like i i really this don't is- need a random study on how to what makes a successful program um by god's grace i built this platform from scratch with the help of some financial assistance from nothing and brought it to up to the point that we're now on one of the largest platforms in the united states of america for two hours every day i don't really need to consult an academic study on what makes for a successful broadcasting platform i i did one so i I know. I, I don't need your study. I, I did it, so I, I kind of know, right? Yeah, and that's what the guy actually said. Like, that's not how science works. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm. He's doing. He's talking. Rich is talking about treatment results. Yeah, treatment results. Real people. Real people that were treated with this. In real time, because there's an instant pandemic going on. So we know it worked, or we know it didn't. He is not, he's citing treatments, cases, 
the actual cases. This isn't like in, you know, this wasn't five years ago. And hey, if there's another pandemic, you know, let's go ahead and, and find out if this could be a preemptive mechanism that we, no, no, no. The, the, the patients were treated this way now in real time. I don't need a randomized scientific study when I do the, the treating. I, I did the treatment. I do the treatment. I, I did it. And they're not dead. And they're better. What, is, no, the, what, what is better data than that? The level of lying by that journalist, journalist is on the level of, did God really say? It's really that blatant. Furthermore, <laughs> in 2005... I haven't posted this on our Facebook page yet because I forgot. Forgive me. I did tweet this out the other day. In 2005, after the first SARS, they actually did do a study like this <laughs> because they wanted to know, hey, if another one hits, what could potentially work? And it was on chloroquine, which is the, the name of the drug itself. Hydroxychloroquine is a particular variation or brand of it. Okay. But it was on, it was on chloroquine drugs as just a generic treatment against SARS-related respiratory viruses. And it cited 25. This was actually posted in the Journal of Virology in 2005. It cited 25 other research samples. And in its conclusion showed that it could, for the most serious cases, when treated early, Reduced death by about 50% is what it showed. You know, before this whole thing got politicized, mm -hmm. of course. Um, Harvey Risch either is a hero or a quack. But he can't be anything in between. We're kind of at the Harvey Risch is liar, lord, or lunatic thing here. Har Harvey Risch is either... He's either man Luke Skywalker, one lone X-Wing in the Death Star Trench, or dude um, is dangerous and ought to be disbarred, if not arrested for endangering the public health. But I don't see how he can be anything in between. I mean, is it, is, has Harvard moved to have him removed I haven't seen anything like that okay um those I, I, those doctors in socal i said this at the time when they came out too if what they're saying is untrue they should all lose their licenses they should all lose their licenses then but it can't be in between they can't just be kind of right kind of wrong they're either blatantly right or dangerously wrong one or the other did you tell the filter he was viewing everything through the, the way he talked about Fauci, like he had just touched the and hem of get his to, garment let, let, or something? Yes, and let's get to the Fauci thing, by the way. Um, random, random, randomized controlled sample scientific studies are Anthony Fauci's gold standard until they're not. Like when he said last week, we couldn't have a randomized controlled scientific study on masks because it would be too dangerous to not have people wearing masks, which he told us for months 
we didn't have to wear. <laughs> right? Remember, he just said this last week. <laughs> How do you pronounce his name again? How is it pronounced? I've got like Messiah. a tick. I've got like a tick and I want to pronounce it a certain way. <sighs> Fauci, that's it. Okay, I, I got that enunciation right. He just told us last week we couldn't have a randomized, controlled, sampled, scientific study on the efficacies of masks because it was too dangerous to know. Well, then why isn't it too dangerous to have a scientific randomized study on hydroxychloroquine because people are dying right now, so let's try whatever we've got, right? How, again, I don't know anything about epidemiology. I know a whole lot about horse bleep. I work in politics, sir. I've been fed the lines of bull chips by the best and worst of them, including the current occupant of 15, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I know it when I hear it and see it. So it's too dangerous to have a randomized, controlled scientific study on hydroxychloroquine. Something that may save people while they're dying. It's too dangerous to, to, to get one, so we can't use it. But it's also too dangerous to have one on masks. So we must use them. Does that make, does that make any sense to you? How, how are these things simultaneously true? How are they true at the same time, men? How are they true? I'm in perpetual Jordan Shrug GIF mode. It's it's remarkable what we are clearly willing to tolerate. Uh, this is a level of deception. It's demonic. Yeah, that it's and I don't say it lightly or no. provocatively. Satanic. It is it is flat out demonic what you're watching happen. It's demonic. It's demonic. Prove me wrong. It, this is demonic. Prove me wrong. I'll wait. Or am I not allowed to assert that without a <clears throat> scientific, randomized, controlled study? Do you remember who mocked that and why they needed to take her out? Demon sperm doctor. Oh, that's right. She's a, double yeah. blind, double blind. She knows. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. What's gonna, what happens when Denmark comes out with its randomized scientific control sample study any minute now that shows masks don't work? What happens then? It, Down, I, I, you, you know. You know, it's the, it's the new hit ride at Disney World since Splash Mountain is apparently racist. All right? It's the new hit ride. Down the memory hole we go. <laughs> That's what it is. We'll be sitting here in a week or two like, dude, what's a randomized scientific control sample study? Do you guys even know what or, those are? Or it's going to be, we must wear the face shields to find out what's in the face shields. Yes, yes. That, I just, that, that the level of deification can continue to exist around Fauci Considering the amount of studies and backtracks and hypocrisies on multiple levels, it's uh, it it rivals. It, it seems as if the more wrong he is, yeah, it it, it it seems as if the more devious he is, the more 
he people uh, respect fella- fellatios himself. People respect it. It more. seems like that he that he respects it more. That, that, you're right that he gets more respect, and and maybe it really is because we need to. I was going to say something, and and I think I know what you're about to and, say, and I and I'm not sure I should say it. What do you think I was going to say? This is cosmic. I I think we. You don't need to go that. It's this is progressivism is cancer. There's no standard. They will hold themselves absolutely to other than power, and therefore this is a level of they just the shamelessness. The, the God-killing willingness to abhor truth. It is absolutely what progressivism is all about. And he's a master class in it. And he's doing it while holding Trump's hand half the time. They, they love him. The, the statues will be built everywhere to him. Because he has mastered the ability to do what their hearts and minds treasure the most. He's the God, he's the God killer to them. What, what can men do against such reckless BS? What do you do? What, what? I, I don't know, man. There's never been anything like this in the American playbook. I, I don't I don't know what you do. I don't know. I don't know what you can do. I don't know. More in a moment. If you are looking to get a handle on your credit score, you want to check out ScoreMaster. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in 20 days or less. And here's why. Uh, ScoreMaster is a new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than you've tried on your own because it puts you in control of your score. Uh, instead of the banks and everybody else that gets a chance to uh, decide what your score is and gets a look at it and you don't, uh, ScoreMaster instead teaches you how you can add points to your credit score and fast. Having your credit score higher, better, can help you in a lot of different areas in life. Getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, even getting a job these days. They're doing credit score checks on a lot of jobs as well. So you should have that power yourself and ScoreMaster aims to give it to you. You can enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score in no time. You'll be shocked at how fast you can do it. Just visit scoremaster.com slash Steve right now. Scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to our guest here today. Matthew Peterson is the VP of Education over at the Claremont Institute and founding editor over at the American Mind as well. We welcome him here to Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Good to have you back, Matthew. How are you? Great. Great to be here. Matt, I want to start with a simple question. What the hell is going on? (laughs) Um, 
it's probably the most important question that anyone could ask right now and more people uh, in power on supposedly on the on the right should be should be asking it uh, what's going on now is is nothing less than a uh, in an internal war in America a war uh, on America and it's been fomented for a long time in the schools and we've we've really brought ourselves to this place where we have a, a great numbers in the population who've been taught uh, to hate their own country and even oppose it. And we have uh, a kind of uniparty establishment, especially on the left, though, uh, elites who are perfectly willing uh, to push this anti-American ideology in order <clears throat> to remain in power. And it really, <clears throat> at this point, it really amounts to identity politics as a form of, of state religion. Uh, you know, uh, in a lot of these states, uh, for instance, California, although I have to warn you, whether you're in Iowa or anywhere else, uh, this is with you. It's not just in crazy California. Uh, I was at church uh, this week and, uh, uh, you know, elderly people had to kneel outside in the dirt at this small country church, even though you could have easily distanced uh, inside the church because of our, our Lord and Savior, Gavin Newsom. And meanwhile, of course, uh, you know, we, we see all kinds of things being allowed uh, as long as it aligns with the state religion, because they, they need uh, people to worship the state religion and they need to uh, uh, whip everyone into a frenzy as we move into November. Does this make any sense to you? It does. And here's here's the part that I think, though, well, everything you just said is bad. All right. Everything you just said is dangerous, but I don't think it's near the threat as the complacency of its opposition. I, I've, I've never seen, I, I've never seen in a group of insurrectionists in a society openly pick a fight with the people that own all the guns. That's historically not how this works. They, 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 they don't want you to use them on them. And so they typically try to take them away from you first, right? That, that's typically where we go first. Yeah. And instead, they're skipping right past go and collecting their $200. And I'm, I'm not advocating, um, you know, that, that, that we become an armed marauding band of vigilantes. But I, I thought that the reason we so heavily defended the Second Amendment all these years was so that these thing, things like this could not happen to us. And I have for months gotten emails from people. I'm, I'm in my home. My dictatorial governor tells me, how did he get to be a dictator? You consented to it. You consented to it. The, the churches that won't open are consenting to that. You know, we are, we are consenting to all of this. Every last vestige of it. We're consenting to watching the month of June and, and watching people with the approved protests align thousands upon thousands upon thousands in the streets, create mass super spreader events. And then we're consenting to our Republican governors in places like Texas and Arizona saying you have to close your business down because, you know, we couldn't stop the 75th George Floyd funeral. We consented to all of this, Matt. And I think that's the part of it that I, I am... I am more dismayed by is this idea that we're just going to go along with it. And I, 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 that's the part, I guess I just did not see coming. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a reason for this though. I mean, and the, and the reason is <clears throat> on, on the right, traditionally 
<clears throat> we haven't been activists, right? We, we actually, uh, it's, it's a lot of people, folks just trying to live their lives and want to be left alone. And this moment is going to require, as we move forward, a kind of organization and activism that, frankly, the right just hasn't engaged in. And partly that's because, as people say, uh, a lot of us have jobs and lives that we're just trying to live and, and busy, and we're not the kind of you know young college kids or, or uh, unemployed folks who uh, make uh, you know social justice, quote unquote, their lives work. Mm -hmm. But the other problem is that well, you notice we just, we, as you mentioned, uh, alluding to some of the governors, a lot of red state leadership is complacent chamber of commerce republicanism. And these people have no idea what time it is. And we're going to need leaders to help rally busy people so that we can unite and organize and act. And the way that you can you can protest, right, the way that you can fight back is by working together with other people to ensure uh, that there's a group that will protect you as you fight back against this kind of state religion being imposed upon us all. And so, so that requires organization, and that's going to require a different kind of leadership. People who understand this is an existential threat to the country. This is ripping the country apart. This is not going to end until a lot of these forces are physically opposed and removed from the streets uh, and, and until we clean out our schools. But let's be honest here. This is not something, and this is what I, I really want to emphasize that your point is, is is valid because this is not just something that happens in crazy California or New York or Illinois or the fancy universities. This is all over the country and it will not be stopped until we have red state, especially leadership, that is able to call it out, to name the problem and to actually strike back politically. And then outside of, of politicians, we're going to need organizers and activists in our own way to, so that we can take action, uh, civil disobedience if necessary, against these measures, because they're not going to stop. And that's what we have to realize. So you're right. Uh, people have been complacent. We've allowed this to happen. But it's hard to figure out what to do. People are asking me all the time now, what should I do? It's hard for them to figure out what to do uh, unless they can organize together. And they have leaders who do make this uh, kind of a full-time job to lead and guide them forward in the fight. The other thing I would say is this, and every, every citizen can do this, but start here. This is the way Republicans should start thinking about this. Is your, are your Republican leaders, the people you vote for, have they spoken out strongly and conducted themselves well throughout the last you know, 90, 120 days? If they have not, you should make your voice known and you should join with other people to find someone who will speak out against what's going on and who does have the kind of courage necessary moving forward. And if you're, you know, you, you may like the person, they may have been fine in the past, but we're not in the past anymore. We're in a kind of wartime situation. Mm -hmm. And so we need to find the kind of politicians that we need and, and just ask them, will they denounce Black Lives Matter for the kind of organization it is, for the fact it wants to destroy the family and has no problem with all this violence and won't renounce it. Will they renounce Black Lives Matter explicitly? Will they say that? Will they, are they able to articulate that? If not, get rid of them. Get rid of them. What you pointed out, the cultural difference between conservatives and leftists, I've, I've talked about that as well with our audience for years. We just want to live our lives. 
this is preventing us from doing that though. Like it, it's one thing to convince somebody who's got a small business with 20 employees to, uh, to take that, to take three days off to go protest some loony leftist professor at a university. You probably wouldn't even send your own kids to. Right. Okay. Right. Or they wouldn't take his class or if they did, they, they just check the box for a requirement. They go on and go and tune them out, get the score they needed to get and just get on with the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, something like 90 something percent of the businesses in America have 500 or fewer employees. The major corporate sector in America, the corporate sector has been sector has been taken over by leftism. But those other 90 percent of businesses that have 500 uh, or less employees that are not essential. Those are our people. Our people own most of those businesses. They're the ones losing their businesses. Our people aren't on a government aren't our people are the minority, the 44 percent of whatever it is, Americans who work in the private sector that are subsidizing everybody else. They're losing their jobs. And, and that's the part about this. I understood why we weren't as activist as they were for many, many years. And frankly, I don't want to be. I, I, I'd rather focus on those other things. But these things are now, the, 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 the life we say we'd rather just go live than do this is, the, is what is being threatened now. I, we can't have a wedding, a funeral, can't take our kids to, our, to the Little League game, can't have a prom, can't put them in school, the, the, can't open our businesses up. This is the stuff that's being threatened now, and still we kind of just sit home and email the Steve Day shows of the world. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I still. You're right, but I don't think that most people understand the ideology behind this. Even I mean, I don't. I think it's hard for a lot of folks who are trying to live their lives. Even when this happens, it kind of happens. And you say, "What is going on? Why is my life interrupted? Why are?" Why are the governors saying I have to do X, Y, and Z? This seems uh, ridiculous and it's sort of confused. But you know, realize what also is being pushed on the left is a, a the, the woke ideology or the identity politics, which absolutely wants to uh, implement a kind of reverse Jim Crow, where racial, sexual, and gender categories are all going to be how your sort you, you and your kids are going to be sorted out uh, by law. And, and there is no equality under law anymore in their minds, and they're imposing that. And that affects small business like, you know, you wouldn't believe, right? I mean, the, the, that legislation, that legal enacting of the, the communist woke HR uh, propaganda, I mean, that that's a real thing for small businesses across America, and they've already lost out on that. And like you say, uh, I, I was just talking to uh, someone I know very well who works for a large telecommunications company, where a lot of the C-suite is, they're all foreign-born, none of them are American, they're all mm-hmm. political acts. And, uh, you know, they have no idea that half of the union workers disagree with them on this stuff, but every week they they bring in, uh, you know, some uh, social justice agenda piece and have the struggle sessions and tell them how they should be voting and, and all this. So, so it's already here for you. It's already here for you, and it's not going to stop unless uh, we do take concerted political action. Now, again, like I said, I think that that's what the individual person needs to understand. And we're going to need individual people to step up and realize, if not me, who? Who's going to run for office? Who's going to oppose the weak sauce uh, uh, Republican who's in my district now? Uh, People are going to have to step up in the midst of this because what they need to understand is it's not going away. And it's it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your kids. And it's going to affect your business. And my gosh, right now, small business across America is just being gutted. It's just being eviscerated in, in so many sectors uh, because of the, the virus restrictions. And, you know, do you think they care? Do you think they're going to stop? I don't. No. 
I've got about 90 seconds here. I've, I've, I've told my audience for years, Matt, we're not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will and we always will be. You can put any law on the books you want. If nobody's going to enforce it or no one wants to obey it, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. Our people are going to have to learn mass defiance. Mass def- Why did it take months for somebody to do what John MacArthur did in your state last week? Why were why weren't why was it why was there a single church in Nevada closed once it saw the U.S. Supreme Court said that strip clubs and and the and the slot machines could be open but they could not. We're going to have to learn what what you know uh, people who came before us have had to learn. The answer is no, no. I will not comply with that. My answer is no. Absolutely. And and we need to understand, your listeners need to understand that this is a time to find that courage, to find that courage. You won't be alone. Uh, the, the, entire, the entire media business on the right in the last 10 years is based on people who stood up and then gained a following because they said no. And you listening right now can indeed do that. And we're all going to need to find the courage to do that if we are to stop this. Matthew Peterson, VP of Education over at Claremont Institute. Good to have you back on the show, brother. Thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Anytime. You bet. Gentlemen, you have some thoughts on that conversation? Oh, oh yeah. I love hearing you two uh, chat. You think a lot alike and come to the uh, same conclusions. Ultimately, this is existential. And if it's existential, we need the leaders, the fish rots from the head. It also succeeds from the head. We need, whether you have small government notions of how things work, you need leaders at every level to harness, to motivate. We have a local example right here with our governor yet again. A local school board tried to uh, back her into a corner by saying no we're not listening uh to you by making us go to school with at least 50 percent capacity said we're not doing it she said okay then uh, if you do this all online your days of school do not count right back the next day like that that's what we're talking about we need people who say here and no further Absolutely. And unfortunately, we don't see many of those, which is why when those examples come up in the case of our governor today, what you just talked about, Todd, it's it's like, whoa, uh, where has that been? But uh, at the same time, here's here's the thing about John MacArthur as well. You brought up that example, Steve. What he did, absolutely. It should have been done a long time ago with in other churches as well. But what he, what he did and what his church did was absolutely fantastic. I don't think there's any debate about that whatsoever. I was listening to an interview, though, he did with Eric Metaxas last week. And he basically explained that that church, Grace Community Church, was doing online streaming episodes. And then something funny happened. A few weeks back people started showing up in person. They didn't put out an announcement. They didn't announce that they were going to start doing in-person gatherings again. Hmm. More people started showing up week after week after week. It was only after a few weeks that people started showing up in person for what was supposed to be the live stream that they put out that statement. At least that's how I understood it. And that's that's what uh, MacArthur said in this interview as well. All that is to say that this has to come from people like you and me and everyone listening. The leaders will follow you. You have to put, if you put pressure, if you put pressure on them, they will eventually. We'll come back, play our weekly game of fake news or not next. 
And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. At Steve Dace on Parlor YouTube dot com slash steve dace that's our new youtube channel as well and if you're a podcast listener thank you uh thanks for carving out some time uh to give us some of your time we appreciate that just please we would ask if you like the podcast uh click that subscribe button if you haven't done it already and then add us a uh, give us a five-star review if you like the show and haven't done that already heck if you already have Maybe do another one, all right? But the more of those five-star reviews that we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And we want to thank all of you, the thousands of you that have done that for us already. Fake News or Not This Week, brought to you by Home Title Lock. Deborah learned the hard way what home title fraud is all about. And she didn't even learn she was a victim of it until she got an eviction notice. It's a devastating crime that can cost you your home because cyber thieves have discovered that our home titles uh, are kept online these days. So they forge, they go into the uh, server and forge your name on your deed, stating you sold your home to them, and then they refile as the new owner. And in Deborah's case, she had no idea any of this went down until an eviction notice arrived. Home Title Lock, though, wants to make sure this doesn't happen to you. Now, homeowner's insurance isn't going to protect you from this, but the only way I know that you can get protected from this and protect your most important investment, your own home, is with Home Title Lock. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title, and if they attack, they detect any tampering whatsoever, they mobilize instantly to shut it down. But first things first, make sure you have not already been a victim and don't even know it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address right now. Register your address at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. And while you're there, you can use the promo code Steve to get 30 free days of protection for your home at HomeTitleLock.com. That's promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. For fake news or not this week, now remember, we we don't sit around here fact-checking the enemy. We're more concerned whether or not people who claim to be with us, one of us, uh, whether they're the ones uh, that are fake news or not. We've never done this before, though. We are going to play one long clip on this show. And it's going to be the entirety of what we're going to discuss for fake news or not. And then after it's over, we're going to decide, is that fake news or not? Just look at what they've done. There it is, confirmed by the official GDP data this week. Yet another disaster brought to you by the establishment. The biggest economic collapse in American history. Yes, China infected the world with its virus. They knew how bad it was, but covered it up. They stopped travel within China, but deliberately allowed travel out of China until President Trump moved to shut it down. We talk about reparations, and rightly so, not just here at home for racial injustice, but right now from China to the world for their virus crimes. China must pay for what their government did and the catastrophic damage they caused. But once the virus was here, the responsibility lay with our leaders, and what a complete and utter mess they've made of it. Right from the start, we told you the truth about this virus, that most people have nothing to fear. 
that the right response is to protect the vulnerable, that the mass shutdowns were a massive mistake. President Trump, he had the right instincts too, right from the start. But the media, the medical establishment, the political establishment, they didn't have a clue. Fueled by misinformation and hype from the Trump-hating media, just as we're seeing now with a brainless and reckless obsession with case numbers, the doctors took to the airwaves to insist that everything be subordinated to the one single objective of trying to stop anyone being infected. What lunacy this was, inflicted on America by a media medical complex in love with the sound of its own panic. In the First World War, the brave soldiers sent to their deaths by idiot generals were described as lions led by donkeys. Today, with the doctors falling in line behind the media deception, it's donkeys led by liars. What on earth were we doing, allowing the doctors to take over the country? As the French philosopher and activist Bernard-Henri Levy put it this week, yes, America, I'm going to quote a French philosopher at you because this guy is bang on the money. The doctors are just people. They just don't know. They cannot be invested with this authority. Under their white coats, they are naked, like Hans Christian Andersen's emperor and like you and me. People keep saying this is an unprecedented pandemic, he continues. It is not true. There seems to be an intention, a collective desire to panic. It's not as big a disaster as we think. There's a sort of unilateral focus, COVID, COVID, COVID. It completely erased any other information. He says we must resist the wind of madness blowing over the world. Yes, we must. Because the cost of the madness, the human cost, is now astronomical. And it's borne not by the doctors, not by their media fanboys and girls, not by the clueless politicians making it up as they go along, but mainly by the poorest Americans, working Americans, black and Hispanic Americans, the very people that the shutdown fanatics say they speak for, but obviously don't. Here's the shutdown toll. Over 17 million still out of work. At one point, it was 40 million. Over $41,000 per taxpayer in government spending. Over 100,000 small businesses shut down for good. And of course, the human toll, the mental health catastrophe, and the disastrous effects of long-term poverty on life expectancy. And what did it all achieve? Practically nothing. You saw similar death rates in countries that had no shutdown and countries that had even tougher shutdowns. Fauci says the virus spread because we only locked down 50% of the country. What? So he wants to see 80 million unemployed, 200,000 small businesses go bust, twice as many medical operations canceled, twice as much domestic violence, twice as much substance abuse, twice as much child abuse? Haven't we suffered enough, Dr. Fauci? What is wrong with these people? They have no idea what they're doing. Fauci's following an old playbook for a different disease. Dr. Death and Destruction, the CDC's Robert Redfield, screwed up tests for months with his bureaucratic bungling. Vain governors around the country luxuriated in the limelight of daily press briefings where they ludicrously pretended they could micromanage Mother Nature with their absurd phases and stages and gating criteria. What hubris, what arrogance, what idiots. They told us how carefully they would lift restrictions, then rip them off and threw them to the wind when it was a political protest they favored. They told us it was all about flattening the curve without telling us that you end up with the same outcomes regardless. 
We said from the start, the shutdowns are pointless. The virus will come back the minute you open up. Sure enough, around the world, cases are rising everywhere. The lockdowns are being lifted. It was all just an illusion. There was no governor in control of events. Those carefully calibrated public health strategies designed by the experts to keep us safe because as they never tire of telling us, safety is their top priority. They were a joke, ineffective, counterproductive. The worst of them, New York's Cuomo, sent thousands to their deaths as a conscious and deliberate policy choice with his disastrous nursing home order. All in all, this is the biggest public policy disaster in history. And still they press on, dementedly making it worse. Now we have the stupid reopening rules, the pseudo-scientific protocols and procedures, the pointless temperature checks, the time-wasting health questionnaires, the random capacity limits, 25%, 33%, 50%, all of it just make work nonsense from an out-of-touch corporate and government bureaucratic elite. Sweep it away, all of it. Reopen schools, reopen the economy everywhere, with one exception, as we said all along, protect the vulnerable. To do that, get the data on who is vulnerable, precise data based on who has actually died. What exactly do we mean when we say underlying conditions? It is a scandal, a total national scandal, that we still do not have this information from Fauci. What has he been doing all these months, apart from smugly lapping up the adoration of a laughably uncritical media? And after all this, guess who wants to give Fauci even more power? That's right, Joe Biden. With typically humiliating and craven pandering to his media cheerleaders, Biden confirms he'll make everything even worse. With Biden and the Democrats, there'd be even more bogus bureaucracy and shutdown stupidity. And that terrifying prospect gets closer every day because of the baffling complacency of the Trump campaign. Where's the energy? Where are the ideas? Where's the hope for the future? Two weeks ago, we were promised exciting policy announcements in the next two weeks. We're still waiting. Here's this week's campaign memo. You don't win elections with Facebook ads or digital strategy or whatever. Sure, they can help, but you win elections with ideas about the future, what you're going to do for people, the changes you will bring. We're not seeing any of that from the Trump campaign. They seem to be sleepwalking into a Biden presidency in the total calamity of a Democrat takeover, House, Senate, White House, the lot. Unconstrained power to implement the most left-wing agenda ever put before the American people by a major party. Wake up! We need to see a major Trump policy announcement or policy speech every week between now and November. Nothing else will do. Get on with it or the country is sunk on coronavirus and everything else. I just wanted somebody else to say it for once. And with a cooler accent. Can't go lie. Just wanted to hear somebody else, other than me, say it. Maybe with a with a cooler accent. But the Trump campaign is counting how many questions Joe Biden answers from the press each day. They're doing that. I'm thinking, man, November third. Let me see. How many questions from the press take from Joe Biden? And ooh. 
We just lost a third of our gross domestic product. How many questions did Joe Biden take? And ooh, we just lost a third of our GDP, like $3 trillion. But Joe Biden didn't answer any questions until July. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I'm, I know I'm an amateur here. I have like no experience working in campaigns at all. But I really am doubting that that's a compelling reelect message. Just gonna suggest that from the cheap seats. Fake news or not? What do you think, Todd? Well, it's fake news, which sums up what you just said. When is this guy's show on? I don't know. Sundays. Is it? I believe okay. so. I just I just know we play his know. clips on the show. Well, I don't know when, when it airs. I don't know if it's a daily show, but I saw it uh, on Fox on Sunday. Okay. I've never seen his show, but we have him on like once every couple months and he's it's he always like tops himself. Is he an angel? What it's amazing. He's um it it's fake news because you know, it's a that is a jam-packed distillation of what the show has been doing s- since early March. And as Steve has said, uh, the same thing with Tucker. Th- yeah, I, as long as somebody's saying it, hey man, yeah, uh, it, it's fantastic that it's out there. But ultimately, you look at how Fox reorganized itself for Trump ultimately it wasn't there right at the beginning but in 2016 reorganized itself for Trump yet this guy's parked on Sunday I mean it, it if it was real news he would be in Hannity's slot right now and they would be all in on this but they're not they're speaking out of both sides of their mouths right now if it was r- real news Fox's word would not be returning void that's what this is all about. It's what we've been talking about on this show the last two days, for sure, and more and more uh, just within the last month. Like, you, the reason, the science, the data, it's all on our side, day after day after day. But all of these people who are, pre, are living a state religion with Dr. Fauci as their Lord and Savior, and they, they are impervious to data, reason, and science... And we continue to just operate by the old rules over and over and over again, which is why the word always returns void. Until we figure out that Steve and Matthew Peterson were right, and we need a new kind of man who steps up and says, okay, it's time to fight. It doesn't matter how much truth we have on our side, temporarily. It doesn't. You have got to put deed behind word. Faith without works is dead. We have no workers or our workers suck. So God bless you, but fake news. Aaron. Well, I think you could have been maybe a little uh, a little more subtle there, Todd. Uh, just, just a little bit. Now, in some good news, um, 
I, I feel know, bad you that guys... I was actually kind of encouraged, and then Todd yeah. spoke. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you see what President Trump just posted on Twitter? I think this is what Steve Hilton is talking about. He actually posted the preamble to the Constitution on on Twitter. Uh, change it a little bit. Uh, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish ventilators, ensure domestic ven- ventilators, provide for the common ventilator, promote the general ventilator, and secure the <laughs> blessings of ventilators to ourselves and to our ventilators, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of ventilators. You totally got me. I thought you I thought you were going to do real time reading a tweet that actually happened and then you went into I mean, fake story might as well Aaron. Have. I love the, the, it I love dude, it Dude the last president was the best gun salesman we've ever had This one's the best ventilator salesman we've ever had I mean we got I mean What can you say Yeah So along the lines of what Todd said I have big thoughts it's time for big thoughts with Aaron here and I'll try to distill it down so I don't talk forever When you look at what we talked about in the first segment of the show with CNN's John Berman talking to a Yale epidemiologist like he's a five-year-old, talking down to him about his very subject that he's studied in for his entire career, just completely dismissing everything he has to say. It's the latest in a long train of evidences in this country. We talked about Dr. Anthony Fauci. The more devilish and the more ghoulish and the more outlandish what he says is, the most, the more self-filating he is. The more he's believed, the more he's admired, the more he's, the more he's looked up to. It's like every single, every single rotten motive, every single rotten, every single rotten action, every single rotten idea for the, for the course of the last six months five six months in this country it's like it it, it's like it's lauded it's like it it's like it it, its house is increasing have you guys noticed this it's like every single bad idea is the are are the ones that are the most popular an increase in popularity are the ones that stick in in what realm in what realm in human history is evil is evil lauded like this um rewarded like this and i'll tell you which which era in human history evil like this is lauded and rewarded um every single one with the exception of our country until now if you want to know what unrestraint of human nature looks like you know it, it may not be an act of judgment of god upon our country what the last five minutes or five, five, five months have been, I, I do think it is what fully unrestrained evil looks like for all the reasons we, we talked about with Matthew Peterson as well. And this brings me to trying to put a bow on what, what Todd said. Without actually somebody in positions uh, that, that really matter, that can make a, a difference, without people with large platforms when we have large platforms, we've talked about this. You put them all together, it's still nothing. It's chiclets compared to the the, the, the bully pulpit that the president commands. All the tr- you can have all the truth on your side. You can have all of the facts, figures, data on your side, but it does not matter unless the largest bully pulpit actually recognizes that 
recognizes, has eyes to see what's actually going on here. And that just doesn't happen. And so, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't know what, what Steve Hilton said is true news or fake news. I, I, I tend to agree that it is actually true news. But until the president and the people surrounding him actually have those eyes to see, which they have not demonstrated that they have yet, we're not going to go anywhere. Again, I said this on the overtime. I understand what stays, you know, what happens in the overtime says stays, it stays in the overtime. But the last five months, progressives don't care about your facts, your figures, your truth. The truth, I should say. There is no, there is no truth. There are no facts with progressives. There is only power and the will to power. And that's borne out over the last five months and until the person in, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue realizes at least some modicum of that, we're going to get this until November 8th. The uh, YouGov UK did a survey about a month ago on mask use. And what YouGov UK found is 91% of Filipinos... Uh, are are mask wearers. 91%. Second highest rate in the world and almost number one. 91% of Filipinos are mask wearers. This morning, the, um, the governor, the government of the Philippines announced another wave of lockdowns for millions of Filipinos which had the second highest mask usage according to this YouGov study a month ago in the world 91% higher than Hong Kong which was at 81% and we had Sean Hannity one of our biggest stars hawking a book live free or die telling us to wear masks and we had our general sending out fundraising letters saying masks are patriotic. They might be. They might be patriotic. That is debatable. What is not debatable, though, is their efficacy. They don't work! They don't work. And we can we can sit here and debate whether the mask is patriotic or not. I mean, I love the guy losing his mind. At a, what was that in your video earlier today, Aaron, at Walmart or Target? Because someone's yeah. not wearing a mask. With God's the God's got this. Got this. Well, yeah. apparently God doesn't have the, this one guy not wearing his mask is outside of God's limits of what he ha, what he does and doesn't got. Okay, um, but they don't. They may be patriotic. I don't know. You know, you got Debbie Burks is kind of, she's on the bedazzler tip with the masks, you know, and, um, you know, um, they, they, you know, Anthony Fauci, uh, he's, you know, repping the Nats. Um, I I suppose you want to put a giant uh, hammer and sickle, I'm I'm sorry, uh, my bad, uh, American flag uh, on on one of those things. It could be, um, we could debate whether it's patriotic or not, you know. I mean, if you want to be even more patriotic, I mean, you can kneel while wearing your mask, right? That's about the most patriotic thing we do nowadays is take a knee, right? So you can kneel in a mask, okay? Um, We can all debate whether or not masks are patriotic. What we cannot debate, though, is that they do not work. That's not a debatable point. They don't work. They didn't work in Hong Kong. They didn't work in the Philippines. Lockdowns don't work. 
all these countries that locked down, the minute they opened back up, just saw surging cases because they denied the laws of nature, herd immunity. They denied it. Thought they could, they could outwit and outlast Mother Nature instead. And we're playing the same game. This is the problem we have. And for a while, it looked like it looked like he was going to be sort of a, a an ideal Samson-esque figure up against the spirit of this age, which a lot of you thought in 2016, and I did not. And it looked like, and I was buying into it too, you know, saw him move the embassy, saw him do some other things, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe you guys are right about this. Now that he's in office, we're getting some good things done. And I'm thankful for those things, but but when he upped the ante, the enemy did too. Our, our opponents did as well. And now we're up against a full-blown full cultural antifada here. A full-blown jihad. A full-blown leftist jihad. And now we need a general that has an equal amount of core conviction yep. for what we believe in. Otherwise, he won't be able to navigate this. And, yep. it, and if he doesn't, he's going to look a lot like what it looks like right now. Instincts are not convictions, by the way. Instincts are not convictions. And... And, and, you know, <laughs> masks, I don't want to do a mask mandate, but masks are patriotic. You score no political points there. He's, he, frankly, he's better off backing. Can I just speak purely politically for a second? Yeah. Okay. Just removing, removing all of what I know about the virus, about policies, removing, taking off, taking away all the data that I almost have memorized in my, in my memory bank right now, Take, throwing all of that off. Casting it all off for a moment. Purely politically, Donald Trump is better off going into a temporary four to six week national lockdown like the Minneapolis Federal Reserve chairman said yesterday. He's better off doing that and instituting a national mask mandate. In fact, politically, he's far better off doing that than what he's doing right now. Because there's no lukewarm hells in politics. He'd be far better off doing that than coming back to people like us and saying, well, you have to vote for me anyway because you have no choice. Then trying to peel off a bunch of Democrats who really, really aren't communists and don't think Joe Biden is mentally fit for the office. But they, but they, want, more, they want more of this agenda. They're the people that are given Gretchen Whitmer 65% approval ratings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Politically, he's far better off doing that than what he's doing right now. Far better off. Far better off essentially running as the Joe Biden that doesn't have dementia. Pro-America, big government, and we can save you from everything. He's better off doing that than what he's doing right now. What he's doing right now is, is a double-minded knockoff version of what we believe. And so he doesn't communicate it very well. He does disastrous interview like we saw yesterday. We'll talk about that in the overtime today. He's all over the place. He doesn't know our talking points. He's just kind of winging it. 
walks right in. You know, Jonathan Swan sitting there with a closed fist. He just kept running his face into it over and over and over again. That's where we're at right now. Is we got a guy that's just kind of trying stuff. Instinctively believes some of the things we do, but doesn't have any of those real convictions. And then he's he's influenced greatly by the people around him, particularly Javanka, etc. You know, he wants to he wants to he wants to do Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks like he did Jeff Sessions. But they're all still employed and making decisions that countermand him at the same time. So we're getting kind of the worst of both worlds now. The really great irony is this guy who's cheated on his wife multiple times is now the guy in the analogy you've told many times where he returns home from work and he finds somebody sleeping with his wife yeah. and he doesn't have the will to do anything about it. And right. he goes down and asks him if he can get him a beer while yeah. that guy just yeah. he grabs. A he's just another Republican now. Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, just another played out Republican, albeit with a more vibrant Twitter account and a more colorful language. He's just he's just another Republican ran over by the system now. We had a window this last time. You want to know when we lost the coronavirus argument? Uh, the, the, the winter of 2016 is when you lost it. That's when you had a chance to put people, somebody in there that had real convictions for such a time as this. We chose the easier path. We took the low-lying fruit instead. We went for the, 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 the bombacity and the own the libs thing. And it worked for a few years. Until we went up against um, uh, cosmic forces on the other side. And now it's a rout. More in a moment. True story. Buddy of mine came to me and said, hey. I I could use something uh, if if you know, uh, you know. A real estate agent or anybody that you can trust in this arena to give me some advice. Well, it's been 14 years since I've used or needed to use my real estate agent. Still, the, the rapport and relationship that uh, we built, the trust level I have with him, I said, yeah, you bet, man. Sent that friend of mine a text this morning, copied my real estate agent that I haven't used in 14 years on that text, and he responded like within an hour. How how do you find an agent like that? Because you know when you're getting into the housing market, particularly nowadays, they're not going to put on their website, um, in these times of uncertainty, don't go with me. <laughs> they're not going to say that. Guys, um, right now, not a lot of buyers out there. And if I don't see your house uh, picking up interest, I'm moving on fast. Stat. They're not putting that on their site. So where do you find a real estate agent you can trust? Well, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It was created just for situations like this so that anywhere in America, you're looking for a real estate agent with a proven track record that's been fully vetted that you can trust, that when you go into this uncertain market, we'll go all in with you. That's where you need to go. Just as simple as the website. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. I, I had intended to, to, to switch to Pop Culture Tuesday and discuss what's going on right now in college football because you've, you've got a bunch of leftists in sports media that are encouraging these football players to use their leverage as if they're 
they're the very capitalists that they decry as left-wing sports writers. Um, and, and we were going to have, a, I, I thought anyway, perhaps, potentially, a fascinating conversation about that. But I'm going to shelve that because I, I, if I'm going to go where I went at the end of the last segment, I got to close the loop on that conversation. We lost the ability to put somebody up against an existential threat of this magnitude with real conviction. We lost our ability to do that in this last primary. If Donald Trump has proven anything over the course of his lifetime, it's that he is not a person of deep conviction. I don't, that's not debatable. He's all over the place. I mean, he's arguing against his own base right now. He is sending his own base. Fun, listen, the, the few Karens that you may appease with masks are patriotic. They're not doting, donating to Donald J. Trump's presidential campaign. Can I get a witness on that? Mm-hmm. There, there is no Karen that, that you've satiated that is going to be like, and you know what? I thought you were racist 10 minutes ago, but now here's $25. Does such Karen, does a said Karen exist anywhere in America? Aston answered. No, does not. You're, you're sending a fundraising pitch to the people that will actually donate to you who hate the pitch that you sent them, who actually view not wearing a mask as patriotic. Now, I don't think wearing a mask is patriotic. I don't think not wearing one is patriotic. I just think masks don't work. <laughs> they just don't work. They just don't work. You can have any opinion of not wearing a mask. I, I don't, I'm not interested in starting the anti-mask cult. Like the story of the guy yesterday started shooting somebody because they made him wear. They tried to get him to wear a mask. I walked into a sporting goods store yesterday to buy Noah some uh, some uh, running shoes, and yeah, I noticed everybody was wearing a mask and I wasn't. But I, I don't care I, if you guys were all naked and I wasn't. You know, cool. I I don't care what you do. It has no bearing on what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I think is right, regardless of what all of you think about it. It just doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Of course, Noah's a teenager, so he noticed it right away. Don't want to stick out. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Went in, were there for about 20 minutes, tried on several pairs of shoes, went and bought the pair of shoes, walked out. As I was walking out, though, I noticed a sign that said, masks required. Didn't notice it when I walked in because the way they had it angled, it wasn't easy to see walking in. It was actually much easier to see wearing out. So I wasn't trying to make some kind of like rebel statement. I don't own Dick's Sporting Goods. It's their store. You know, if I don't want to wear a mask in their store, I'll go shop somewhere else, right? I wasn't trying to make some kind of edgy statement. I just didn't see the sign on the way in until I saw it on the way out. And the fact everybody else was wearing a mask and I was not just doesn't move me on one atom, one one molecule of movement. I, I don't care, frankly. Um so I don't think mask wearing is patriotic, and I don't think not wearing one is uh, patriotic. I just don't think masks work. I just don't work. I'm not going to tell some guy who did three tours in Afghanistan who's wearing his mask that he's not patriotic. I'm not doing that. All right. Have a little self-awareness. I'm not Sean Hannity. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I just don't think they work. But he's messaging this to the people who hate these things and view these things as a symbol of, of, of everything that they're against. Here's the, but we can't go back and replay the winner of 2016. We can't replay that. 
And I can't also, just like I can't sit here either and claim that Ted Cruz was a victim. Because we, we apologized to Ben Carson at least five times for something we never did. And that's 17 times more than we should have. Okay. You know, we, we still won Iowa with the most votes ever. Fox hated us. Drudge hated us. Rush wasn't promoting us. He was promoting Trump. We still won Iowa. Got more votes than anybody else. We, we thwarted our own momentum with that momentously dumb decision to apologize for that which you didn't do. Which then allowed Donald Trump to swoop in and look like he was now the badass candidate. We kind of lost the GOP bro dude vote, right? That was mm -hmm. ours. We lost that vote. Never got it. Really, never really got it back. Never really got it back. So this didn't happen in a vacuum. And just like if you're thinking, man, maybe I should have wondered if the guy who ran out on on Atlantic City and Trump wine. Maybe I should have wondered, hey, you know, whatever happened, what would happen if we faced like a once in a century threat that a president may face? And do I think that this is the guy to stand in the gap? You know, I can't go back and, and, and try to get it, try to stop Ted Cruz from apologizing to Ben Carson again. And don't think that I didn't try. And I'm not still bitter about it much, a lot. But neither side of this equation can go back and replay this, can we? Nope. We can't. So there's no point crying in our beer, right? We have to deal with the time in which we live in right now. And we just simply have to acknowledge the general that was selected here is not suited for the time in which he was called to serve. And we can't, but we can't, and, and I don't think, I don't think acknowledging that is defeatist actually, because then it forces us to sit there and think to ourselves, well, we can't just sit here and lose our country, right? So then it's up to us, right? Yeah. Okay. Let me give you a sports analogy. The, the quarter, it's hard to win a championship without your quarterback, without a good quarterback, right? All right. Without a championship quarterback. You're in the championship game. This is the Super Bowl. Once in a lifetime, maybe, if you're lucky, you get to play in this. How many great players have never been to one? How many great players never won one, right? All right. You're here, though, and there's no guarantee you're ever getting back. And in the middle of this game, your quarterback throws out an elbow, blows out a shoulder. And it happened because you one because the left tackle whiffed on a block. Von Miller, man, or somebody came off the edge, blew your quarterback the bleep up, and now pitcher's got a rubber arm. You could sit in that moment, right in that moment, and the other four offensive linemen can point a figure that tackle and say, "Hey, man, you blew that block, right?" But the problem is, is that is the Super Bowl going to stop while we assess blame retroactively? Do the Spider-Man gif where we're pointing fingers at each other. Do they stop the Super Bowl and say, you know what, we feel bad that this happened to you guys. We're going to let you guys kind of figure this out. Of course not. No, they don't. 
In fact, there's a 40 second clock and you got to snap the ball again in a, in 40 seconds or there's a or you have to call a timeout. Right? Yeah. The game's going on. It's going on right now. You don't have the benefit of hindsight. You can only move forward. And the football analogy is great, but why don't you, you can just use Abraham Lincoln? He had to sort through general after general after right. did the warden and stop. Right. He had to keep going through until he That's found right. the guy. He yep. fights. Yep. Same thing. Same thing. Now the backup quarterback is in, and he has some ability, but otherwise he wouldn't be on a roster, right? But you're up against a team that you know what he does best doesn't really match up with the defense you're up against. You have uh, two options. Or you have three options. You can continue as you are with the original game plan you had and put it all on that backup quarterback's shoulders. You know we can't do it. You're going to fail. Two, you can sulk and point fingers and just say, well, I guess it's over. We're done. That's the second option. Third is everybody else, the other 10 guys on that starting offense look at each other and say, and then the 11 guys on defense say, I guess that means the other team can't score again. That's right. We can't let them score again. Got to raise our game. And the other 10 guys on that offense can say, I guess we better figure something out here, you know, because I, I didn't, you know, lift all them weights. I didn't do all those two a days. I didn't go through, I didn't take all these hits to get to this one moment and then this one bad thing happens and then just lay down, right? Get busy living and That's get right. busy dying. We're brother. in the third position there. We have to do this. Now, here is where I do think, a, where, where Trump will step in if we do. If we defy this on our own, if we do this, then I think he would, see, I think at that point he would provide us a lot of air cover. But he ain't, he ain't grabbing the flag and charging the hill, guys. I think he's made that abundantly clear, right? That's not happening. But I do think if we do it, he might be inclined to say, yeah, I'll come along for the ride. But I think we have to do this now. The cavalry isn't coming. We're the cavalry. It's us. We're it. Go open your businesses up. Hell, just put a sign in the front. Hey, this is, I'm opening my business uh, to honor George Floyd. I, I cannot expect Donald Trump to have more urgency for defending the honor of the church than the actual churches of Nevada do. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, I, I, I cannot. I mean, I just unless you have an older congregation and a lot of pre-existing conditions, I just I can't imagine a pastor who looked at the news that the Supreme Court said that the strip clubs and the casinos can be open, but you can't. And just dutifully just did an online service again on Sunday. Because if that's where we are in that in that realm, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Mao Zedong, it doesn't matter who the hell the president is. You lost. That is game over, man, at that point. Yeah. Okay? But but we're going to have to be the rising tide that lifts his boat. I know we are used to a model where we elect a guy and then he just takes care of it for us so we can live our lives. We're not getting to live our lives, guys. So we're going to have to do this now. Those are our schools. Those are our businesses. This is my body. That's my property. And oh, by the way, those are my guns. My answer is no. No. 
no, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not putting a face diaper on my three-year-old's face in Maryland because 91% of Filipinos wore them and it didn't work. They're in a lockdown. No, I'm not doing it. Come at me. Can't arrest us all. Have we seen that strategy recently where they thought, let's just all gather in the streets because they can't arrest us all. Have you guys seen any examples where anybody's tried that recently in America? It's one of the most vexing things about all of this. Yeah. The obviousness. Yes. Listen, I don't think it's too much to ask for your president to have as much energy and conviction about your future as you do. It's a hell of a lot to ask for him to have more, especially this guy. We have to take the lead here. We have to refuse to comply with these things. We have to do it. And I wanted to close the loop on that. Because ultimately, self-government begins with the self. We can't go back and re-adjudicate what happened four years ago. We can't. We can't go back and re-adjudicate what happened four months ago. But we can adjudicate what's going to happen four minutes from now. Four hours from now. Right now. We can do that. We can do that. Gentlemen, you have any final thoughts? Well, that's a fantastic summary to why I gave fake news to what Steve Hilton said. No matter how much I uh, would have uh, written every jot and tittle of it myself, unless it inspires an army to move forward, it's just sound and fury signifying nothing. There's not, there's not too much more that can be, that can be said at this point. Um, what, whatever your outlook is moving forward in the year 2020 and going on, if it comes to a point, if you're my age, or you're Todd and Steve's age. Or, or even over, even older, and you already have grandchildren. What it's going to take, and what you should aim for, and what we should all be aim, aiming for, is having something legitimate to tell your grandkids about someday, about how, by God's grace, we salvaged America. That's going to be what it has to take. Something like that. Something that you can tangibly tell tell your future grandchildren because anything short of that means that the opponents won the enemy won we are going to be telling our future grandchildren about these times it's just a matter of of what tale we will be telling john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network